Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. And every single woman, every single man, you're, you're really, you really do, you really can. I know, I remember, believe it or not, I know I look like the Ancient of Days as I tell everybody, but I'm not. But you really can find your fulfillment in Christ when you're single. You really, really can. In fact, you need to. Many people make the mistake of thinking that marriage is going to complete them, as the term goes in movies. But that's not the case. You need to be complete before you go into a marriage. You hear me? You really do. Because there's no two people on earth that are alike. To say the least, I don't know if you've learned or discovered this yet, but men and women are different. It's a deep revelation. And uh, you better not know about anything about him yet. You hear me? You're too flipping young. Stop. But really, men have to understand how different a woman is. And women have to understand how different a man is. You know, the old joke about women saying, well, you don't understand me. And that's absolutely right. Men don't think like women do. I know we've said it before, but you need to really have this in your gut over and over. Men don't think like women do. Women don't think like men do. So you don't reach them your way. You learn to listen before you learn to speak. And then after you get married, you just listen for the rest of your life. <laughs> that, that was meant to be humor, too. But Deji, Tina, why don't you guys come on up? Yes, yes. amen. This wonderful couple. We're going to sit down like we're in a living room here. I guess, I don't know if they'll be up. Julie, you might want to come closer to me just so they can see you when you speak. But I do want to read a few scriptures. Let me pray first, though. Father, uh, we do, we give you thanks. We give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We are very, very hungry for your presence, for your manifest power. We want it in every area of our lives, Father. We want the miraculous in our day. We want the miraculous in our relationships, Father. We want the miraculous, period. We simply want more of you, O Lord, to be seen in us. And we thank you, Father, for a greater and a greater hunger for you. Because in that hunger, everything else is satisfied. Everything else works out okay when we keep ourselves focused on you. When we really do live our lives towards you. So in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Father, that today we can see just some of your grace and how it works in the lives of different people. So we give you praise, Father, and we give you thanks. We really do give you thanks, Father. Hallelujah. We really do give you thanks, Father. In Jesus' name, we bless your name. Amen. I'm going to read from uh, 1 Peter. If I can get my glasses here for a moment. This passage about marriage. Um, just before we start talking, welcome, young lady. What's your name again, sir? Deji. 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 Are you edgy? Deji. Are you edgy? I know you're edgy, but are you edgy? Are you feeling edgy? Are you ready? I'm ready. You're ready. Deji, are you ready? Deji, ready. Hold the mic up. Hallelujah. First Peter um, chapter 3, I'm just going to read from this for a bit. Because it, it's a serious thing, but of course, we want to have fun. But... Um, <clears throat> Well, I'm just going to read from verse 1. I'm going to read several verses, then we'll just begin to talk. In like manner, verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, at the Amplified Bible, so there's a lot of verses here. Um, of course, Peter's speaking. He said, In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands. Amen. That's the end of the service. <laughs> Amen. Is that okay so far, Deji? 
No. In like manner, like, that means you need to look at what was before. He's talking about how Jesus, if we were to go back in First Peter 2, like verse, uh, well, never mind. Let me just keep going. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands, subordinate yourselves as being secondary to, dependent upon them. Adapt yourselves to them so that even if any do not obey the word of God, they may be won over, not by discussion, but by the godly lives of their wives. When they observe the pure and the modest way in which you conduct yourselves, together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him. All that reverence includes to respect, to defer, to revere him, to honor, to esteem, to appreciate, to prize and in the human sense, to adore him, that is, to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Whew. Let not yours be the merely external adorning, but the elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair, the wearing of jewelry or changes of clothes, but let it be the inward adorning, adorning, but let it be the inward adorning and beauty of the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible and unfading charm of a gentle and a peaceful spirit, which is not anxious or wrought up, but is very precious in the sight of God. For it was thus that the pious women of old who hoped in God were accustomed to beautify themselves and were submissive to their husbands, adapting themselves to them as themselves secondary and dependent upon them. I'm not majoring on that, I just want to read. Verse 6, it was thus that Sarah, we always joke about this verse, it was thus that Sarah obeyed Abraham, following his guidance and acknowledging his headship over her by calling him Lord. Lord. <laughs> they know. By calling him Lord. <laughs> Seriously, never mind, I'm not going to touch it. By calling him Lord or Master, Leader, Authority. And you are now her true daughters if you do right and let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears. Or letting anxieties unnerve you. In the same way, you married men should live considerately with your wives with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace, God's favor of life. In order, and this is where men really have to hear it, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. Amazing how we men need to esteem our wives because of what it, how it affects every other area of our life. Finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind, united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other, as brethren of one household, compassionate, courteous, tenderhearted, humble. Anyhow, that's it. But I wanted to read some scripture there. Just again, you know, in Ephesians, Paul speaks of marriage. And he said, but I speak to you as concerning. He said, this is a great marriage, a great mystery. He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And he said that marriage is exemplary. It's a type. It's a model of what Christ loving the church is like. Even to the point it says where Christ gave himself up for the church. In other words, whatever it says about women being submissive and this, that, and the other, and all the other things that people fight over in church, you know, they misconstrue what it really means. Whatever else it says, it says that men have to be like Christ. That means we get to die. <laughs> it means we get to lay ourselves down and really understand what it means to honor the wife that God has brought us. To really, really honor her, esteem her, recognize the value of her. Again, this is why if you are single, you are so, so blessed right now. Because by listening to the word of God, beginning to comprehend what's there, you can make right decisions. And not make wrong decisions. So, so many marriages that I've counseled over my life. And they all, all the problems simply come, Julie ministered on it last week, but simply come from people making wrong decisions. Right now, sitting where you're at, you're in the situation you're in, good or bad, because of decisions you made 
because you chose to make the decisions, full stop. So don't get angry at anybody else about where you are today because your decisions brought you to where you are, good or bad right now. If it's great, praise God. But again, like was already said this morning, never look backward. From this point forward, if you recognize the power of that, it's the power of making the decision, then just start from today and say, hey, whatever's past is past, but as of right now, I'm going to make good decisions. I'm going to actually follow what God's Word says so that I know that my future has fullness in it. It's just that simple. It's not rocket science. Amen? So somewhere along the line, you two folks met. Amen? And something sparked. I think you told me, right, that is it correct, Edgy, that she did chase you for three years? And before you decided to slow down and just allow her to catch you? I'll shut up. Well, I mean, the way we met was two halves, I'd say. say. Got to speak up so they hear you. We have different versions. We have different versions. Every marriage has two versions. I I believe that mine is... You believe that yours is correct? Correct version. I I agree with you, brother. (laughs) Tina's version is a bit more artistic. (laughs) So anyway, we met... um, I saw where actually she came into the room and um, my sister and a friend said, look at this lady, she's, she's a Christian. And I said, okay. Um, and I said, well, aren't you going to go over and talk to her? Okay. Um, but there were two guys there. She was talking to two guys. She was talking, she was talking to two of the men at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... So it took great courage on it your did. part. It did. It took enormous courage, actually. Amen. It took enormous courage. It's so I, I, I went over, I went over, and I just said, I can't remember what I said, I said something really silly. Well, I noticed his white trousers. <laughs> That's what I mean about artistic, because clearly that wasn't correct. Okay, sorry, it might have, it might have been, well, been white trousers. Well, it was kind of a bit of a John Travolta moment, wasn't it? No, no. What she means to say is that when actually we did meet, um, I said to her, okay, would you like something to drink? I think it was something like this. And she was actually really rude to me, Pastor Rod. A different version. She was actually really, really rude. Okay. In what way was she so, really rude? I want to know. Well, she ignored me. Okay. She gave me a, quite, a, quite a bad look, actually. Well, you and I both know when a woman ignores you at first, it means they're interested. <laughs> this wasn't quite like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> this... In fact, this wasn't at all like that. Okay. All right. So I went off. He's not healed. He's healed of it. Yeah, yeah. So I went off. I went off. Okay. And I think I went went, went for a dance or something. Yeah, something like this. Okay. Um, and that was that. Okay. Until it was time. I think it was the end. And then Tina came to say, I think it was uh, my sister and your friend, yeah. to say goodbye. And they said, aren't you going to say goodbye? And what kind of goodbye. event was this? It was, it was a wholesome... Um, gathering of uh, young people. Gathering. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the best way of describing it. Wholesome gathering of young people. Okay. Um, but anyway, th- it was too hard. So the next time we then met, that was actually the right time for us to actually meet, I believe. Okay. I think that first time was for me to see her, but maybe not actually talk to her and introduce myself to her. Not in that way, anyway. Yeah. But then the next time was at a, was at a, um, a ball, an event, a proper event. And we were positioned right next to each other. Um, and from that moment, it, it started. It was very, very natural, and it was very, very easy. And I was quite surprised, given part one of our meeting. <laughs> okay, but, here we uh, go. Well, I really don't recall being rude, but I was with a um, very good friend of mine. And, um, you know, the, yes, there were two men, and I've known them virtually for, for many many years and we were talking um, with, about something that was very close to one of the uh, one of the friend's heart and it's always about a woman isn't it so I was listening intensively intently because he was you know he was quite upset and in came Deji after having been spinning on the floor literally um, and um, dancing and I remember turning around thinking what on earth 
earth is artistic. going on? <laughs> artistic, artistic. This is what this is what I'm saying. What is wrong with him? And um, wait, just, wait. Are you saying he was spinning, <laughs> dancing in white trousers? No, honestly, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I loved you for that dance. I maybe, but, um, but <laughs> this, is, this is what I mean about artistic because the dance came after the rudeness. But but I must tell you that Deji 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 actually loves music. He's a little bit like Pastor Rod. Has a real collection of music, and um, I think something came on. And and honestly, sometimes I wish I could see that side of Deji again. But it's it's like it's matured, and he's he's got rid of all his circular music. So and um, and this was a wholesome music, if you like. But we don't listen to any circular music at all, really. But he was spinning on the floor not he was literally dancing for his girlfriend it was my view and I just thought no <laughs> no 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 I mean we're married now right and clearly right you must have been it's part, pretty good, part though. of some of the things that I would like to say here yes. okay, in, front, in front of the church that you know often at times even when you're right, you don't, you know, you sometimes need to submit and say, okay, that's fine. It's a version of what happened, but it's not mine. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on, church. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> we know that we see things our way and guys see things their way. Yeah. Okay, so what was the first thing that you noticed that was a strength when you did get married? What were the strengths in your marriage that you started to build on? I think that the biggest thing about Tina, okay, is her heart, okay? Um, her heart is so soft and so, I mean, pure, in my eyes it's pure, okay? Um, she's not perfect, but her heart is very pure, okay? Um, and at first I was taken aback by how... how how pure her heart is and how soft her heart is to certain things and how she would react. Um, and then I realized that actually it's, it's, it's a real gift to me um, as a husband to have that because a lot, what comes out of that is this great um, element of integrity and trust and loving and giving of herself. Yeah? And I've just enjoyed and received of that. Okay? I mean... One of the things that I didn't necessarily want to say was to, you know, really say how wonderful Tina is. But it's, she is, as, 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 a, as a wife to me, she is absolutely wonderful. Okay, no one is perfect, all right? Um, but when I hear the way she describes me to other people, I'm just like, either she's seen something else or... <laughs> I'm not quite aware of myself. But I, I realize that it's much more than that. It's, it's almost like God saying to me, you prayed for somebody, right, that would be absolutely right for you. Okay, and, and, this, and this is the thing. Um, the way that I met Tina, it wasn't just about the two meetings, okay. I took it to the Lord at the time, and I, and I really kind of said, Lord, you know, I want a Christian woman, okay? I want her to be beautiful. Um, but I want her to love you foremost and then love me with where, at the point that, that I'm at, okay? To really love me, okay? And I really see that in Tina. I really, really see that. And even though when we, when we first met, our courting was like, and we'll go on to it, but it was, it was horrendous. It was really, really bad. Um, we'll get on to that. But even through all of that, I could see the way she sees me just gives me the jurisdiction and the ability to be the husband, to really be a husband, okay, to take the role, to be a headship, to be all of that. The way she sees me just gives me the jurisdiction to be that and just to, to own that. And it's just amazing. It, it, it really is. Um, and, yeah, we've had to develop into that a bit more, and I guess we'll discuss it. But that's the first thing I want to say. So in terms of the strength, is Tina's heart and, the, and the, the way she loves the Lord. Yeah, because you, you really see that 
She's got a strong relationship with the Lord, okay? And God has poured his love into her, and she pours it out. She's just like a conduit. Um, it's got its downside sometimes because it means she's really, really sensitive. Like very, very sensitive. In fact, extremely sensitive. All right? That doesn't mean she's touchy. Being sensitive is a gift. It but is. Here, what, what happened to you? What was the strength did you see about him? Well, I think... Um, when you got married. When we got married. Okay, yes. Yeah, so we wouldn't talk about the courtship because that's like World War Four, Five, Six, Seven, all in one. But anyway, um, when we got married, I think it was just how yielding Deji is again to the Holy Spirit. And I would say now that any marriage... Um, that is rooted in the word, um, you know, it just means that it can flourish. And, um, and so what the strength that I saw in Deji was he was a praying man, and he still is a praying man. You need to come and live with us. <laughs> you need to come and live next door to us. And, um, and, and, he, and he took that role of a husband seriously. I mean, there are times when I'm like, Deji, I'm going to bed now. And, it's, it, you know, it feels like Deji was still like, okay, no, but I'm still needing to just press in a bit more. Now, I'm amazed that, you know, Deji talks about my love for, for the Lord, but Deji's love for the Lord. And here we're being transparent. This didn't happen overnight. It simply happened because we both recognize that, that the word of God is going to be our mandate from the very onset of the marriage. We knew that it wouldn't survive given our courtship, if we were not to absolutely rely on, 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 on those fundamentals and is to love Jesus and to, is to hold on to the love that God has for you. And so I saw that as an incredible, I used to think, my goodness, this is not possible that anyone can be like this, but it's not possible in the flesh. So I reckon, I wouldn't even want to give him any credit for that i just give god the glory for that for the way that um he had you yielding to him um has been an incredible strength that god was able to work with and i saw that and and i just allowed him to be the man god ordained a man to be in a marriage and it was easy Mm. amen i want to and not because of the possible humor involved but you say you had a really rough courtship i I think seriously maybe we can talk about it because that might be something that would really help people here because you have such a solid and a great marriage and yet you had such a tough courtship so yeah. I'm curious as to what well, of course I know that you're grounded in the Bible and that's the number one thing but what are some of the obstacles then that you well that you said no matter what's going on here I still see the need to stay in other words I'm not going to break up there's whatever hardships are coming there's something else tell us some of the things that you guys had were challenged with and as it were how you overcame them Okay, so for me, first of all, it all started when I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I believe I'm ready for marriage. Okay? Um, I, I remember getting on my knees and saying, Lord, you know what? I need a wife now. Okay? Um, I don't know if I'm ready, Lord, but I promise you that whatever you need to do in me to get me ready, I will do it. I'll just yield. Right? And I remember saying this clearly to the Lord. I said, I mean it, Lord. You do whatever you need. If I need to change in some way, come on, bring it on. Right? Yeah. I didn't know what I was saying, yeah. but I did say it. Okay? All right. So when we got to know each other, for whatever reason, there was a... We were at each other. There was bickering, there was this, there was that. I mean, there were great times as well, but there was a lot of arguing. Okay? And there were times when I used to say to the Lord, there's no way that, that we're going to... You know, if this is the foundation of... The rest of the relationship. There's no way that we can. Was there like a specific thing though that you guys really kind of butted heads at at first? Yeah, no. I think there was there was some submission stuff going on there. I think there was some um, stuff in me. Some of my behaviour was a little bit like the typical African man, like like my father, I guess. And some of those responses to some things she said would set her on edge because of her parent and things like that as well. So those things that would cause us to kind of get to a, a conflict situation. Okay. But it was God is really good in the midst of it. One of the things I learned was that when you you agree something with God, certainly as a man, um, then the Holy Spirit really gets involved. I had times when I would walk away, the Holy Spirit would then say, No, no, go back and apologize and say you're sorry for whatever happened, okay? 
Um, and I just had to submit to it and I had to go and do it. I said, if you say it, I will surely do it. Tina had to say, I mean, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you say, but um, I had a lot of that. A lot of the Holy Spirit saying to me, Deji, you were wrong. Go and speak to her, go and apologize um, and go and make it right. And I certainly learned that, and I'm really pleased that I learned that before we got married at those, those, those times. But it was, it was, it was, yeah. No, I was going to say, it, it is one of the toughest things. I, Julie and I were talking about something yesterday, and I, it is, you know, when you think about it, you ask yourself, why is it so difficult for people to say, I was wrong? I mean, it can, it solves so many issues if you just have enough whatever courage to look somebody straight in the face and say, I'm wrong. You don't bring up 47 other places where you were right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're not talking about the other 47 areas where you were right. We're talking about this issue here, yeah, but it's just so difficult to admit we're wrong, and yet it brings so much liberty when we do, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I, um, I learned how to apologize it, it, I mean, it was yeah, the times were tough. Also, some of the times I would question it as well. I would say to the Lord, "Actually, I don't think I'm wrong. I think I'm actually right about this." Right? No, no. Honestly, every I'm, once I'm, in a while, every once in a while, men are right. Right? And I'll, I'll, I'll say to the Lord, "Actually, this doesn't look. I think I'm right." And you know what the Lord would say? He would say, "You've got a point, but you need to say you're sorry." Right? Because if you don't, there is, you can't um, work it out. There's no solution if you're at loggerheads. You have to get to the table and say, someone needs to back down and allow the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm sorry, i got to interrupt there. That, what he just said there is so, so vital. In a relationship, you have to recognize when you're, you can be so right that you're wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're trying so desperately to press the point home that in this situation... Would you just bless God, recognize I'm right once? Please, you know, and you want to press that. But there's, it doesn't allow this, God, God is love. God is a spirit of grace. And there's something, we don't realize the power that begins to be released when we simply do what he said. Live at peace with all men. As much as it depends upon you, live at peace with all men. And you, you realize, okay, rather than strife continue, Somebody needs to say, I'm sorry, and let's move forward. And it, that takes, it, it does, it does. I, when I teach on the love walk, you remember me saying, I said, sometimes when you walk, and you really, you, you know, sometimes walking in the love of God means it's like ripping, a t uh, ripping literally like somebody taking a hold of the flesh of you, ripping, you know, a pound of flesh off of you because you're, you're just going, but I'm right. But rather than there be strife, you make the decision. I always say, who's going to be the bigger individual? Let's understand, if we understand the Bible, the worst strife is there's every evil work. It literally says you open the door to the devil. And so you learn to say, hey, this issue isn't whether or not I win or she wins. The issue is whether or not we're going to let God be inside this moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And it... And it the um, the making up time, beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Because you would like. Hold your mic up. Sorry, I need sorry. To hear that. The making up time was beautiful. The making up time is beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying what you think, but no, I, I I honestly I do mean that because it's when you 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 get to realise that um, there's value in allowing someone to be themselves because a lot of it is. Um, Certainly for us, I had to allow Tina to be Tina, okay? Um, and I had to prove to her that I wasn't that kind of typical, you know, African domin dominating guy that, you know, we were determined not to have that kind of marriage, yeah? And so I had to, sh I had to show that. And I remember often the time saying, look, you know what? Yeah, I'm really sorry. Um, but what you said, I didn't think it was right. I'm not like that. Loads and loads and loads of times I used to say that, um, but it took time. Sure. But it was it, it was it was nice. The making up time was nice because we got to know each other in the in the midst of it. If you got anything to add, do you know? I 
just what was the question? Again, I'm just about... <laughs> about when you're recording, okay. about some of the tough times and how you were able to work through them. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I think um, it was really funny. In, in intercess- intercession today, um, Cynthia mentioned something about really praying that the youth or people that come into marriage recognize that marriage doesn't have to be the way they've experienced it, in, you know, the way they've witnessed it in their family setting or before. And I think that's so important because actually I just remember um, a marriage where my mum didn't really have a voice and where it was very typical um, African, it was very sort of, you know, um, you know, she just had a certain role and that was it. And, you know, my dad just used to do whatever he liked. And that, that's not, you know, scriptural. And, uh, and so when I saw um, certain what I call traits, because Deji's parents do have a very typical, well, it's not typical at all. It was typical and then it reverted, but we won't go into that. Um, you know, where some, some things happen and then, you know, the order was completely broken. But anyway, um, so I, but I also had a very broken, I guess, growing up phase. So, you know, um, you talked about living the past behind earlier. Did you had the words about allowing yourself to be healed? Because if you go into a relationship where you are hurting, you are going to carry that hurt and that pain and if you just go plaster over a deep wound and it's not healed when someone touches it your reaction is abnormal it's like ah, how dare you you touch me in a place where it hurt you're not expressing it that way but you're directing the anger at the other person and so and I was quite a timid child I was you know always wanted to please my parents I was brought up by an aunt and an uncle who just spoiled me, but my parents, there was a huge rejection from them. Um, you know, something's happened in the, in the family and they felt that I was, a, you know, a child outside, um, you know, from a, a different relationship and therefore my father isn't really my dad and all the rest of it. And so there was huge rejection. I reminded my mom of all that commotion within the family. My dad used to say certain words that was really painful and hurtful. And I, I, and this is one of the reasons why I love God so, so much because I remember always walking around feeling, but nobody loves me. And then when you understand the breadth, the depth, the width, and the height of God's love, and you know it, that's why if you ever see me crying in the midst of this wonderful praise and worship we have in this church, that just expresses the goodness of God. It just, it just overwhelms me. I can't but cry. Because I can sit in front of you today and talk about this and not weeping. Because when you've experienced rejection um, and you receive acceptance and you know you've been accepted, and you don't have to work or act or prove or, or do anything for it, you can't do anything but cry. But before that healing came, I was in a relationship with a guy who I wanted to prove to that actually I have a voice, and I'm okay on my own. So you either agree, because I've, I've done with trying to please my parents. I've done with trying to move in into the place in their heart where they've closed off to me. I'm done with all of that. So really, I don't feel that I could ever allow anyone to make me feel that way again. So what do you do? You put your guards up, your barrier up. You've, you re- live your life out of that fear of rejection. But Jesus gives you healing, you know, he gives us healing. And so, and so, I guess that's what I was fighting with, really. And Deji was always so understanding. And, you know, he would say, okay, you know, A, because I've said A, this is what I feel. A, okay, Tina, you know, he's A, you know, he's trying. And I guess, why are you agreeing with me? No, I mean B now. And then he said, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, you lost. Exactly okay, uh, yes, I think B, B sounds good. B sounds right, like going, what on earth? And I'll be, oh, actually, do you know what? I think C. And before you agree with C, I may just change my mind D. And he'd be thinking, whoa. And so I was doing all that pushing, 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 pushing. And, um, but anyway, I suddenly realized that I, I had a list, you know, for the husband that I wanted to marry. I had, um, you know, and I won't go into, but I, I didn't live a qualified life anyway. I was very sort of, anyway. So I had a list of the husband that I wanted to marry. And the first night I said that he must love God. 
He must love God, but above all, he must know the love of God. Because it's one thing, you can't actually love God as much I feel that it's possible humanly if you don't know his love. Because it's in knowing how much he loves you that makes you want to just give so much back in yeah. your moments of praise and worship. Because that's yeah. all we can give him. Amen. And so and so the healing began. So Deji was helping me to heal. He didn't realize it. And I saw in front of me a man who was helping me. And because he wasn't fighting to, to be right, I kind of just gave up trying to... Proved that I could be right, and so, um, so we, yes. Yeah, so it was a very turbulent. I mean, I used to storm. I used to stop this car now. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Stop this car. I need to just get out in the middle of the motorway. <laughs> you know, and and how is it that you're a Christian man? I mean, this is the worst thing you can say to anybody. You're a Christian man. Don't you understand? And when he used to say, he's really sorry, I mean, I used to think back, I mean, I used to think, but Lord, what is that about? Because I used to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm really sorry, because I knew that I was grieving the Holy Spirit. And I did used to say, what, this is a long, long time ago, you know, we've been married 16 years. <laughs> I used to say one or two colorful words, and, um, and that's probably the worst I ever did. And I used to oh, God. So sorry, Lord, and I would repent. And I never used to absolutely say any colourful words. I never swore, but on this occasion, I'd be like, I would, "No, I would say, obviously not." But I would then tell him to stop in the middle of the motorway. I wanted to get out, but it just played off. It played off, you know. And then I realised that I wasn't ready um, to go into a relationship unless I was actually going to die to these thoughts, to this way of thinking to this behavior i had to be real with the lord you know we have to worship the lord in spirit and in truth we can't be one way in the church not that i was anywhere anyone who knows me know you would know what i'm thinking because the way i say it i'm still praying about all of those things but essentially um you know um i i i guess i just allowed the love of god to really allow me to heal and and receive um you know, his love into my heart and, and rejection just went. So when I see people crying now, feeling rejected, feeling pained and hurt from whatever they've experienced in the past, I just look at them and I just think, but Jesus can heal you. He, he's the healer. You know, he can heal you so you can go into that relationship healed and whole. I just, <clears throat> I want to move us on a little bit because a lot of people don't know you guys had a huge problem in your marriage to deal with childlessness. And you were talking to us Friday night about that. And basically they wanted to have a child and they weren't in agreement yet about adopting or whatever. Talk us through that a little bit, Dead. Okay, all right. So, all right, so... It's really strange, actually. God is good, but, you know, if you go to God, um, if you've got a kind of relationship with the Lord that, okay, Lord, say it. Say it real. If, if it needs to be said, say it. Then he's going to go into, okay? So earlier in the marriage, the Lord sent me a scripture, okay? Um, and when he sent that scripture to me, I was like, why are you sending me that, Lord? Am I going to have to fight in this area? Um, so I knew, right, at that point, that we may have a... We may have a battle on our hands, okay? Um, there was a promise attached to it, but they were, it, it, in my spirit, I knew that we we're going to have some, we we're going to have to deal with some things. Um, so anyway, so when I first met Tina, she always was saying, you know what? I would love to adopt, as well as us having our natural children, obviously, but I would love to adopt, okay? And I was like, yeah, okay, that's nice, okay? But obviously, my own children first, yeah? yeah? yeah. Definitely, that's what it's got to be, right? I wasn't really thinking about adoption at all, okay? And then when all of the, the trials and tribulations, so we're not going to go into all the details, but when all of that kicked off with starting a family, um, Tina would always, not that often, but sometimes mention adoption, yeah? Um, and my premise would be, look, you know what? We're going to tough this out. We're going to believe God. We're going to wait on the Lord, okay? Because he's promised me. Okay, and we're not gonna um, get ourselves an Ishmael situation, right? Um, and I thought, yeah, the Lord agrees with me. The Lord really agrees with me, right? 
Um, and oftentimes, um, I would think about it. I would think, Christine would say, you know, but I really think that adoption is something that we could do, right? Not as a solution or anything like that, but as, you know, it's a godly thing to do and it's in my heart. You've always known it's in my heart. And I've always heard that, I've always heard that, I've always heard that. And over the years, it's been kind of, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Um, and then we decided, um, medically speaking, that we weren't going to do certain things in order to have children. We weren't going to go down that road. We said, Lord, we're going to believe you. We're going to believe that you're going to do this. You're going to do this your way and you're going to receive all the glory. Okay. Um, and I would pray and, and battle it out. And sometimes even the Lord himself would say, you need to pray about this. You need to pray about that. He would tell me specifically what to pray about along the journey. And we're not going to go into it. Tina went through a lot. A lot of things. A lot of stuff came at us in the marriage, to be honest. Um, anyway, so we got to the point where Tina says, okay, if we're going to adopt, we should really go for it now because of, you know, we're getting on a bit. Yeah, and it takes time to do it. So I just said, okay, let's go through the process. I'm not saying that I really necessarily am going to do this, but let's just go through the process because it takes a long time. Um, and then as that process started, I began to see that it's not, really about us okay from the from our perspective from the christian perspective it then begins to be wow these children are you know their 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 whole lives are being thwarted in that situation um because with with adoption certainly in this country it's not a case of oh the the children are, are given up lightly necessarily a lot of them are, are taken from their parents because of the situation some of them are, are, are given up wherever it is there's a huge sense of rejection oh, yeah, yeah? Um, and there can be many other things attached to it okay um, but there's one overriding theme about it and that is that if you do adopt you're, you're rescuing a child from um, a situation whereby they were not be able to achieve all that they they, they need to be. If I can just comment. I remember that when we first talked about it, you said that what it was is your heart simply wasn't in it at all when yeah, it came to adoption yeah. until what you're sharing right now began to occur. When you began to see the absolute, yeah, yeah, how horrific it is. All these children that have been cast aside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went on some training courses. Um, that I mean, it was a real eye opener. Some of the some of what the children would experience and then some of what they would then um, start to, 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 to live out in their lives after they've been adopted because of what they've been through um, and then I could really see the weight of this thing and even throughout that I was asking the Lord I was saying Lord you know what do you want me to do this if you say one word go do it I'll go do it you know, I'll do it for you if it's what you want but he didn't say anything to me and I really, really pushed the Lord. I said, Lord, you know what you got to say because it's getting close. Tina's, you know, I'm going through all of the process and she's expecting at the end of it. Um, but I won't do it unless she's telling me to go do it. But he never said a word. He never said a word. So in the end, I got to the point where I said, you know what? Lord, if I'm going to do this, I know it's a good thing to do. We've discussed it. You know, it's a godly thing to do. Um, but I don't have the heart for this. Or at least I don't think I've got the right heart for this. Okay, and then I was on my way home from work, and he just sent me a picture of a child. Okay, beautiful child. Okay, doesn't look anything like Kellen looks, but beautiful child. And it just went into my spirit, and I just thought, whoa. And I just received this love to adopt. It was, it was within 100 meters of walking, basically. Um, he just gave it to me, just put it in my spirit, and just, just left it there. And I just said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll go do this. And the minute I said, I'll go do this, then he started to speak about it. He started to speak about uh, Kellen. He started to, to say what it was about. It was, he started to really talk once I decided. But he was not going to coerce me into doing it because it, it was a choice. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, there's a lot more in there. But that was really my, my journey. And I was determined. I thought, okay, right. I've decided I'm going to go do this. Okay, I'm going to be a father to this child. Okay, and Lord, I'm going to do it the way the Bible says. Right, I'm going to do it to the letter. And yeah, the rest is where we are. Yeah, I was just going to say, again, for me, please, Tina, I don't want, I mean, feel free to speak, but I remember you said that when, you, when it finally happened and it went through, and you were sharing about how you walked into the room and Kellen was still with the workers or whoever they were, 
right? And you weren't quite in the doorway yet or something, and yeah. you heard... Yeah, so what, it, what happens is that they, um, they plan the time when you're actually going to meet the child, okay? And you go to see the child with a foster carer. And um, we were walking up the, the, the corridor, because she, she was living in, a, in an estate, and I could hear her as the door opened shouting mummy daddy mummy daddy she hadn't even seen us this guy had not even seen us um and i was like whoa already and then when i turned the corner and saw her she jumped on tina and said mummy okay and then jumped on me and said daddy okay now a picture of that you know what i mean, I mean she hasn't like, seen him yet you, I mean, you know, she just you know it's, it's, it's a huge thing right yeah. you've seen the child for the first time and they're calling you daddy and mummy yeah. um I and I, I was like okay all right lord wow. Um, wow! Yeah, it, and then wow. you then you walk into the room, okay, and then you see your picture, child height on the wall, that where she'd stuck it, um, and it was, you know, I'm not I'm that that emotional. Tina is a lot more emotional, right? But for me, that was that was choking because I was I was like thinking, whoa, yeah. what must be going through her mind to grab hold of complete strangers and just call them mummy, daddy? Yeah. All right. It's almost like she it was like, I found you. You're my parents. So it's like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Tina, how did you do navigating through all these issues? Um, I think, um, firstly, um, the thing to say is, is that um, when we got the, the different diagnosis um, of what was going on with us in relation to fertility, we went for one consultation and we went for, and it was a private consultation and um, we wanted to find out um, what was happening in the, in the, in the, in the physical really. But, um, and it was such a shock because I was still such a young woman and they said, oh, sorry, you're in your menopause. And, um, and, and I remember, um, the first year of our marriage, um, all Deji did was fan me, because I was always hot and cold, so you'll get the fan out, fan, fan, fan. It will, um, so it covers on, cover off, covers on, covers off, cover on, cover off. And you know, this was in our first year of marriage, and we were supposed to be talking about moving forward and having children, and I was like covered in sweat, thinking this is really horrible. And, and I just remember praying. I mean, I can share the scriptures, but I wouldn't go into those uh, maybe some other time. But that I, I just anchored my faith on. And I just said, well, God, with you, nothing is impossible. So, you know, Sarah was 99. I wouldn't want to be 99, but Sarah was 99 years old. So the scriptures are 90 years old. And um, But I think for me, I just know that when it comes to a situation where it's completely impossible for man, that's when you can say, well, is it not impossible for God? And, and also it just ministered that peace. And, and that peace, I think, was what sustained me over the years. But then I did remember saying to the Lord, we went to the consultation and, um, and we came out hand in hand. And it was a case of, you know, no, we took a decision. We didn't say anything. We just said, no, thank you, doctor. Thank you very much for seeing us. No, thank you. And we walked out, um, and we just, the peace of God just descended. And so over the years, though, as a woman, I mean, I have to tell you a funny story, because then I'm, they moved my office, and my office was moved um, to, it used to, no, they moved the walls around, and then the postnatal ward was next to my office, okay? And this is me hot flushing, right? And there's this postnatal ward. And, um, and I just remember she saying, ah, the cue is when a baby cries to just bless God. <laughs> and so I'd be like, ah, 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 and I'd be like, I bless you, Father. And then I remembered also um, just saying to the Lord, one day there was this lady and she was pregnant. She had one child here. She had another buggy. She was just you know, scripture, just living out the word, really. And I remember just, just, just looking and thinking, wow, you know. And she wasn't a Christian because she was, a, she was clearly a Muslim woman. And I said, Lord, how can that be? And I heard the voice of the Lord clearly. And he said, but my covenant with man is that they are to be fruitful and to multiply. It's got nothing to do with whether you deserve it, whether you're praying, whether you're asking. This is his covenant. And he just made me realize that I don't have to do anything anything. I just need to rest in the understanding that his thoughts are far 
operated on our own. And how could it be somebody who loves children so much? I've spent all my time, you know, all I ever do is just dream about how to rescue children and how to be in the midst and to just express the love of God and how I was going to open our home up to and adopt lots of children to then just look in a deji. No matter how hard I look at him, he was not a child. <laughs> and, um, and I think we also had a real good godly counsel from um, which was, you know, your marriage is about you, each other first and foremost. Children are just an additional blessing to that. Yeah. So, um, so, and then I remember praying and saying, Lord, okay, if this is the case, then I'm going to wait. We're going to wait on you. But above all, um, I want you to just encase my heart in the palm of your hand and just let your grace sustain me because every time you know it's not it's one of those issues that you can't really run away from you know some of you might remember if you you know if you want something and you kind of think well I'm going to avoid that you know Oxford Circus maybe because I know every time I go down there I'm going to go to that shop and I don't want to do that but this was something that everything around you even my office (laughs) reminded me of the reality of the situation and, um, but far greater was the word of God. You know, the Bible is out of the bonds of the heart does the mouth speak. And I had to get to a place where I was, it was so hot. And Dej, I don't know, he didn't sleep. He just used to go, okay, let's pray. And he's like, Fanning, can you imagine? He was a young man. And this is how our marriage started. Still <laughs> oh, yeah, he's still young. And, um, and I said, just. <laughs> <laughs> Just encase my heart in the palm of your hand, Lord, and don't let anything, anything get in. Don't let any envy, don't let any bitterness, don't let any, you know, anger, don't let anything get in. And let me be truly rejoicing when someone tells me they are pregnant for the third time and they got married so many years after we got married. Just let me keep rejoicing in in, in that. Actually, you are the one who is Lord over my life. You decide what happens to me. And it's always good. And I think that's where you know, the peace to just move on and not live under the shadow of the pain and the hurt some women talk about. And I just think, just give it over to God. Truly give it over. Don't pretend. Get on your face. I remember lying on my face in the, in the middle of the bedroom and I'm just saying, God, I don't know why this is happening to me and Deji doesn't deserve this. And I remember saying to him, do you know, maybe it'd be easy if you just take me home. Hmm. So that Deji can have the woman that he really deserves. And I just remembered feeling, not a failure because I understand God's love, but I just felt that this guy, you know, this man, honestly, this is what the God that we serve, the Spirit of God, the Word of God can do in any person who yields to Him. I would never give God, you know, anything but all the glory because of the man that Deji is fashioned to be. It's because of his yielding to, the, to, to God. And I used to remember crying and just used to say, but Lord, He deserves His own children. Because I know that this is a man that the word that you put in his heart, he will put in the heart of his children. And I just felt the Lord said, but my grace is sufficient for you. And how are your grace is sufficient? But actually God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. Amen. Yeah, I just, this is, you know, to say the least, it's so powerful. We find it so, I say this often, we find it so easy to read scripture and just let it be words. But of course I am talking about, you know, this spirit of adoption. Now, you guys probably have a little bit better understanding of what it means to have the spirit of adoption. And this is why every single one of us we, you know, like little Kellen, like they said, when if you hear all the stories, and some of you are very aware, you know, it's one of the most heartbreaking things on the planet when you go into these places and you see these little bitty children that, through no fault of theirs whatsoever, have been just cast away. You know, 
and all every type of situation in the world happens with some of the mothers, you know, some mothers have, you know, seven children by seven different men and so on, and they're just castaway kids. And to really, you know, that's when your heart begins to break, as it were. But what I'm trying to get at is each and every one of us, we really do need to pray to understand that, again, when we come to God, that's exactly what our Father does. You know, He sees everything about you that was fractured by things that happened in your life. You know, it just, and there's nobody on the planet that doesn't have fractures in their heart. And, you know, I've always thought it amazing that one of the major definitions of the work of Jesus Christ is that he came to heal the brokenhearted. Think of what that really says. That means God Almighty knew when he looked from heaven that mankind, the major issue is going to be hearts that have been broken, betrayed, demoralized, whatever. But he came for that one purpose, one purpose you know, to heal brokenness. And now... This is why it is incredible what Paul was saying. And again, I know you can quote the scripture with me probably. But again, this is why sometimes, you know, you can read the scripture 15,000 times and never actually catch it. But he says, Paul speaks about now, now we have received, now we have received this spirit of adoption whereby now our hearts cry Abba, Dad, finally, I have a daddy. Finally, I have someone who will never leave me, who will never forsake me, who will always be there. I can sit on his knee anytime I want. He blesses me. He always speaks encouragingly to me. He always has only good things to say about me. He says stuff about me that I don't even know about me. And he just keeps telling me how wonderful I am in his eyes. How blessed it. I, you know, and that's what really these guys are experiencing now. You can't put it into words. It's a spirit. But uh, anyhow, it's just an incredible, incredible story. I mean, there's so many, you know, it's already like time for us to stop. And I feel like we've only just begun. Hallelujah. <laughs> But uh, let me just ask you this, unless you have something else to ask, sweetie, go ahead first. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking that there are probably some of you here who are feeling the angst to experience God's love. And I think we should just take a moment to pray. It may not be about having children or being married. It may be in any any area. It's just I just think maybe we could just pray and ask God. Can I just pray for you? And we just open our spirit just lift your up hands to heaven and just say, Father, thank you for manifestations, incredible increase of manifestations of your goodness in people's spirits, for revelation of your goodness, for extraordinary encounters of your goodness and your grace to turn our hearts towards you as you turn the many watercourses to prepare us for you because it's not about being married or having children it is about you and having a fulfilled relationship in you and so I pray Father that everyone here under the sound of my voice who's opening their spirit up to connect to you in heaven, in the throne room, to release the goodness of your grace and your plans for the future, that we are all moving into places of encounter with you, of your goodness, and that we will all be able to say, wow, 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 you're so good, and it'll be real in Jesus' name. Amen. But just as we close, then, let me just ask you, to, you guys, what I mean, because we have so many single people, what have you, like that. What, what would be, and both of you, I want you to speak. What would be your number one thing that you want to leave with them? That you know, guys, this is what you do. This is what you look for. What, what would you say to those that are impatient? Those that are being too patient? <laughs> um, well, it's funny you say that because on 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 the way here, the Lord spoke to me 
Um, and his voice about it was, I always gauge by how the Lord is speaking to me. I don't know if it's my emotions or whatever, but it was out of the blue, so I, it, it must have been him. And what he said was, there are people who are hurting, okay? There are people in here that want marriage, okay, who are hurting. And what he said was, um, tell them to give that pain to me, okay? Because, as Tina was saying earlier on, you're not, it's not conducive with a marriage. You get two hurting people together, it can be a disaster. You get one hurting and one okay, it's still a big trial, okay? And the Lord says, bring your pain to me. Let me deal with it, okay? Let me take you out of that place. Open that door, open that room, open that deep, dark place, and let me deal with that. Because the very thing that you are asking for, I want to give you, but I don't want to lead you into that, because it could be your undoing because of where you're at. You could lose your lifelong partner because you push him away or her away because you're not ready yet, okay? And so I just, I just want to leave that with you, that if you are hurting inside of you and you're single and you want marriage, you need to let God deal with that, okay? Because it will come out in, 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 in your marriage. It will come out and it will manifest and it may not come out in a way that is good for you, all right? Um, you will experience things in marriage, okay, that will remind you of that pain, okay? And you will look at that person who's supposed to be the love of your life, outside of Jesus, obviously, um, and then you will put it on them. You won't mean to, but you will start to put it on them. You will start to say, you're like so-and-so, you're like that, how can you say that, whatever. And it is not what God wants, all right? God loves marriage he said it to me he said tell them i love marriage all right but i want it on display in a manner in which glorifies my name and it releases you into your potential to be a, a mate for somebody okay so i know it's hard and i know some of these some of this stuff is really deep okay but he wants to deal with it okay he does not want you to go into that marriage that wonderful arena for love tenderness caring sharing all of that with that pain he don't want it okay so that's that's what i, I would say um from my point from from you know i guess what i'd like to say is knowing to put the other you have to be ready to put the other person first you know, and it's, and I find that actually it isn't about what you feel that um, you want. It's really listening, listening to what God, you know, who, uh, what God is saying about the person. And, and when, so that when the person comes along, you're looking for the fruits. You're looking, I, I, you know, I personally feel that unless you are really willing to die to self, it's very difficult to go into a marriage that um, is going to reflect God's glory and goodness and all the things that Deja talk about. And, and I have to say that, um, I know Deja would say this the other way around, but I am as well. But I have to say, I went into that marriage knowing that I was honoring God by submitting, it's, it, you know, and, and keeping the world out of the marriage. We cannot bring the world, you know, on the, um, ways of doing things, ways of uh, you know discussing and equality and all of that into the marriage. Um, because if we bring the world in, the world does nothing but uses the flesh. And um, and and actually, I have to have this. I've got to be right. I've got to. Be, but actually, God's God. You know, it, the spirit is very different. It's about putting the other person first, choosing to love unconditionally. And so when I went into the marriage, I knew that Deji isn't perfect. But I knew that my job is to be praying and to just be speaking out what it is that I wanted to see in him. And so, yes, yeah, so you just have to be ready to know that that person, other than God, first and foremost, takes the next step up. And you are just there to put them first. And out of that putting them first, choosing to die to your want, 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 then you can actually begin to reflect what will bring out the best in that other person. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.